0: And I think thinking, taking that step back and looking at your brand and being honest and you know kind of humble enough to say this is not what we're doing right is really important.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ecom Growth Show. Do I say hi now or do I wait? I'm pretty much brain fried at this point. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Ecom Growth Show. So today is a very special day. One because Robbie's gone. Um, That's not actually special. It makes me kind of sad, actually, because all the pressure is on me. But what I'm excited about is we have our director of results, Wyatt Lowe, coming back. He's been on with us a few times, but we're really going to dive deep into strategy changes for 2021, and I'm super excited to hop into this because Wyatt has been going through and changing almost everything across the board that we do for our clients this year, which is massive change across the board when we're looking at 100 clients and all the employees he's managing and what all that entails. So super stoked to have wide on and um, excited to dive into things.
0: Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me back.
1: Yeah, dude. It means I did something right the first time. Hey, you did it right. The second time wasn't as good, but I'm hoping the third time <laughs> comes back. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, dude, why? What? where do we want to kick this off? You know, I know that you've been making a lot of changes. There's a whole new strategy update we're starting to implement. Uh, what What's that look like for people in 2021? What are we doing now?
0: I think the first thing you have to realize is how different of a year and a different of a landscape we are in than what 2020 was. Yeah. Um, Business owners at the time in 2020 probably assumed, oh, you know, I I feel like uh, collectively across the board in the world of e-com, there was this um, massive jump to get on the, the Facebook gravy train because you were able to get you know, really good results really quickly. You know, I think the AI was functioning at a really high level in terms of what Facebook was doing on the platform. Um, there was just a lot of um, there was a lot of success brands we're seeing in 2020, especially in light of um, in light of COVID. Yeah. Now 2021 is a very different landscape and we're kind of back to where um, I think if you think of it on a, on a, on a scale, 2021 was kind of that shelf, right? That big, you know, the big jump. And then we're kind of, I don't think we've come all the way back down to where we were in 2019, but we've definitely, kind of ridden the high part of the wave, right? Totally. Um, and the brands that we're seeing that are successful have been implementing business strategies for them, for their own brands, thinking not um, on what can we do to leverage 2020 success, but what can we be doing to leverage success in the long-term years in advance, thinking ahead, trying to think of new um, digital marketing trends that are coming down the pike and the ones that we've been working, you know, and consulting with and trying to grow. Those are the ones who are thinking, you know, there, we, we, there are a lot of businesses. Um, I wouldn't say the ones what shop works with, cause we have our clients prepared, but a lot yeah. of businesses, uh, friends of mine, other agencies that I know that are kind of struggling to get out of the mud of 2020. Um, yeah. They're kind of, you know, getting stuck in the ways of what was working last year. And um and I just think right now the biggest thing, the biggest strategy change is perspective. Because you have to be thinking, you have to be thinking, okay, for one, it's never worked to do the same thing again. Like you can, you might be able to make some bucks doing that and you know, ride someone else's coattail, another person's strategy or whatever. But ultimately, success is defined in 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 long-term ability to sustain a brand. Yeah. Right. Gary V talks about that a lot. He says, you know, it's 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 really hard to it's one thing to build a brand, but it's another thing to sustain it, and that's what we're seeing right now: is brands that were built in 2020 are having a hard time sustaining if they don't have a marketing strategy that's going to get them to the point of being able to sustain their brand long term. And so we're not just thinking of Facebook. You know, Facebook is one one small part of the big marketing pie in the big you know um, in the grand scheme of what a brand should be doing long term. And so that's where our brands right now are seeing the most success: is shifting their mental perspective as a business owner. Finding a way to kind of toe the line between thinking of the micro, the day to day, you know, not getting too concerned about, you know, what today's numbers were compared to yesterday's and the day before, but thinking also on the macro, how is this going to set me up long term three months from now? Um, it's kind of hard to walk that line, but the businesses we work with that can do that or the most successful. And then really just kind of setting yourself up for success in terms of what you know is going to work going into this year, what people, what the buyer habits are looking like, what what's kind of the trends in e-commerce right now. Yeah. And then that kind of fuels all of our internal strategy, something we've been thinking of for, you know, almost a year at this point and how we're going to prepare yeah. for the following year, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. And what's so different about this year? I know we know COVID happened last year and last year you could just throw shit at the wall and everything would stick. It seemed like, right. Yeah. Cause everyone mm-hmm. was shopping online. What are we seeing now this year where it's causing it to, to kind of level out a little bit more. We're not seeing this crazy level of growth. We're seeing retail open <laughs> up, right. More people out yeah. in person shopping. I know that's part of it, but what, what else is contributing to this dip?
0: So I would say, I mean, you, you hit on a big point. I mean, I think June or I think it was June, um, an article I read online said e-commerce had th- th- um, actually one of the worst months of e-commerce um, considering that retail brick and mortars, um, physical locations were opening back up. People were anxious to get out. You know, it's kind of that post COVID quarantine splurge to go out and travel. Yeah, Same reasons why, you know, rental car prices and, Plane tickets are so expensive right now. Same things are happening with ecom, but that's just you know Harley Finkelstein from Shopify said it really well. He says, you know, if we're if e-commerce is is um, if you think of it in terms of a baseball game, you know, you think of uh, your e-commerce is the team. You know, a lot of people think that you're at you're at you're at the you're at the plate right now, getting ready to swing it out of the park, right? But in reality, e-commerce hasn't even got, left the hotel yet to go to yeah, the stadium totally. because it's so early on. And so that's where I think a lot of brands can find success. But to answer your original question, um, what's different? Ultimately, I think from a str- tr- strategic perspective of of digital advertising and marketing, ultimately I think the iOS update caused a lot of disruption. I don't think it's I don't think the I don't think what Apple did is wrong by any means. I think the the move for privacy is going to continue to happen. Obviously, we know cookies are going to third-party cookies are going to disappear. Yeah. What that does is it affects platforms like Facebook, the AI that they continually, you know, is continually building upon itself. Yeah. It causes the system to kind of um freak out for lack of a better term you know um, there's a lot of instability so results for one you know we're very blind to a lot of numbers and that scares people you know scares people that you know there's a, so much change going on um, and then also the consistency you might have found by launching a very basic strategy one of those thousand marketing coaches on Facebook that says buy my strategy and then you buy it and you do it it would have worked you know April last year. I think ultimately it's because there was much, there was more stability in the system. Yeah. There was more stability in the artificial intelligence that was running the Facebook system. And ultimately that strategy of being able to launch, you know, with kind of a subpar website, you know, maybe your creative's not great, but you have a great, you know, you're able to to, to find these audiences you can segment and really kind of dive into and scale. Yeah, That is probably one of the biggest changes because you got to think from a Facebook perspective, we are no longer, you know, the day of, Finding a a niche segment of the audience and being able to scale that, like I said, with subpar creative or even just kind of a basic website, it's kind of gone because you can't segment those audiences like that. Facebook does not have the ability to segment audiences. So, you know, a lot of success that people were finding in the strategy, meaning the campaigns, the bid strategies, the audiences they were running, all that has kind of changed now that Facebook doesn't have a whole lot of information anymore. I mean, they're, they're, the AI is constantly, um, I know the API has updated multiple times over the last 60 days. And I know the algorithm has as well, that it's just continually trying to trying to adapt. And with when when that happens and a machine's adapting like that, it causes instability in results. Um, and then I think in terms of the world of e-commerce for businesses as a whole, the biggest thing too is that brands, people are really starting to invest in brands that that have something special about them. You know, yeah. we will we, we'll see, you know, certain businesses that are, you know, replicated of similar business models or um, trying yeah. to, like I said, kind of trying to ride on someone's coattails. Right. And that, yeah. that might have worked in, you know, in, in the past. But really what what people are wanting now more than ever is a relationship with a brand. They want to invest in that brand. Yeah. And in order to have that brand be re- to have to retain your customers long term, you have to be thinking of what's going to set me apart from you know the other 100 com- people that are competing for people's eyes that's what we're we're just competing for people's attention yeah because the businesses think they have something that the consumer needs and wants and right now that has continued to just get so competitive and so the ba- the brands that are really starting to diversify themselves both in their strategy but also in their messaging and their branding those are the ones who are the most successful and so that's where i think yeah. right now is the biggest opportunity for businesses to kind of take a step back, go to the drawing board and say, where are we in in, in the world of e right now? Why are, why are we not hitting our revenue goals? What's holding us back? You know, kind of doing a SWOT analysis of your brand. I mean, that's really important. You have to be open and honest with yourself. Um, and I think right now the world of e-commerce is a very competitive environment because people are trying to get into the door early. Yeah. Like, like I said, like Harley said earlier, I mean, we're at the very beginning of this boom. Right. Yeah. And, um, I think the, the the amount of people that started in 2020 made small brands. I mean, we see we see people that want to work with us all the time that, you know, are selling masks or things like that. And, you know, that's great that you're able to find a niche in 2020, but how profitable are masks going to be long term for a brand into the future? I mean, who am I to say? I'm no, you know, genie. I don't have a magic, you know, crystal ball or anything, but yeah. in theory, based on the data and what we look at, we see struggles with those kind of brands who are thinking more in the moment, not thinking of long-term success. Yeah, that's such a good point, dude.
1: And it's, it's almost exciting for me to see that people are having to create these real authentic brands and buyers are getting smarter anyways. So yep. even if there wasn't all these changes, people are going to have to start adopting to that. But this kind of accelerated that to becoming a real brand. And it's kind of a perfect storm right now because of all the things that you just mentioned, all colliding kind of at once which is what's really caused us to take a real deep look at our strategy and make some changes on the fly but i want to ask you why you said something earlier this is a little bit of a rabbit trail you said i don't think it's wrong that apple rolled out those privacy changes right like people should be aware of what data you're giving up but do you think apple has our best interests in mind they're like oh we're protecting our users it's all privacy but then you look at all the data Apple themselves is still tracking. And I'm like, eh, I don't know if, it, I don't know there, if that's, if that's for my best interest,
0: what's your take on that? Um, this is going to sound very hypocritical coming from someone who has an iPhone sitting in front of me. So do I. And Mac mini right there, <laughs> um, a laptop over here, like, but Apple does not have users best interest at mind. It's just, I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. Maybe that yeah. maybe they'll stir up some people. But ultimately, you have to, like you said, you have to look. You have to kind of look at the evidence. There, the the iOS 14 update prevents third party apps from, you know, collecting users' data and using it as they wish. Now, the, the misconception of people is what data is actually being collected. I think people assume now that Facebook no longer has information about them. That's not true. Yeah. All that they're now not able to do is use identifiers, unique identifiers based on their devices, to then put relevant ads in front of them. Yeah. The other day, I, I'm 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 not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. I turned off my iOS 14, like my my app tracking transparency. I turned it off for Facebook for a week. Yeah, I wanted to see how does my ad preferences begin to change when I don't give them my my data. And totally. I and I removed a lot of my preferences. i changed some of those things as well on Facebook. I started getting ads for for women's swimwear, <laughs> and it wasn't our brands. They weren't they weren't brands we work with. I, yeah. I, I got I got two ads for different companies for women's swimwear. And that just tells you right there that in 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 what Facebook is trying to do, they're just trying to figure out how they can adapt to, you know, now missing a huge piece of, you know, Facebook was built upon the ability to use data from a company like Apple and Apple owns the monopoly in a lot yeah. of ways on the, on the mobile phone market. Right. Um, and so, you know, if you want to turn off the tracking that Apple has on you, it's a lot, it's a lot of work. You have to go deep in your settings, turn a bunch of things off. It's yeah. not, not as easy, you know, and I, and I do think that Apple you know, I, I very well could be wrong. And, you know, users, people who are listening are gonna be like, you know, a year from now why it was wrong. But um, <laughs> I, I, I would believe that in the next 12 to 36 months, maybe longer, maybe less, Apple is going to open up their ad, their own ad platform yeah, at its full level yeah. right now. Apple search ads, obviously that that's something that's been around for a while. They tried the iAd years ago that flopped. Yeah. I think this is just the precursors to that. Yeah. So, you guys, you heard um, it here first. All right. Why? Low? <laughs> spit in the fire. That's just, the truth. I actually have a, I have a, I have a friend of mine who works in the development team at Apple and I kind of just pinged him on Facebook a couple times. Like, Hey, just, you know, be honest with me. Do you, have you heard any rumblings? And he's like, I can't talk about anything like that. You know, they have very strict non NDAs, stuff like that and stuff, yeah. but you can kind of gauge someone. And I can, <laughs> I, I can kind of assume that that's, what's going to happen. I mean, yeah. you know, so I mean, that's where yeah, I, I really, to really don't think that Apple days. is thinking long-term for people in terms of what does this mean for your own personal, you know, privacy? I mean, ultimately it's one, if you think of privacy as a, you know, a big plate of food, right? It's just one little corner of your side right here. They're just removing and they're, everyone's like, oh my God, thank you, Apple. It's like, huh but you don't actually know what they're actually doing with the information you have <laughs> totally
1: <now. laughs> totally so, that's awesome and data is just yeah. so valuable these days so i feel like it's a big kind of data wars between these tech companies right and mm-hmm. whoever has yeah. the most is going to win revenue wise because they can resell yep. it right and and place relevant ads and all that cool well thanks that was a little rabbit trail so i want to loop back to kind of what are the what are some actionables people can do for their brands right now? You know, I know there's a lot of things that we're starting to do. What are a few actionables that you, you you're thinking that every brand must be doing to be competitive uh, in the, in the advertising landscape?
0: So um, I think there's there's a, there's a lot of things I'll try to boil them down. I think first off, I'm going to think of it from a, from a brand business perspective for your business, not thinking of your marketing stacks, your, 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 your partners you work with, whatever, in terms of what your business model is, I think it's really important that you do a kind of once a quarter, maybe once a month analysis of, excuse me, of where your brand is at currently. Yeah, I think it's really important that you take a step back. Maybe you're involved in your brand. Maybe you're the day-to-day person. Maybe you have people running your business day-to-day. I think it's really important you take a step back, absorb the knowledge that is out there right now um, about what's happening in the industry there's thousands of great resources of, of honest, true, you know, either predictions or relevant, you know, stats and data that prove where the direction of e-commerce is going. I think you have to take a holistic kind of view at your entire business and think, what are, what are my holes? Where do I fit into this new, um, new landscape of digital marketing? Where can I reach people the best? How do I diversify my brand? Um, And I think taking that step back and looking at your brand and being honest and, you know, kind of humble enough to say this is not what we're doing right is really important. Um, We have to have those conversations with businesses often where it's like, look, ultimately we want to make you successful. And this is what's holding us back based on our team's analysis. And then we, you know, we, we, we view their team's analysis and we come together with, with a, with a plan on how we're going to fix that long-term. Right. So from a business perspective, I think it's really just being honest and looking at where you're at and then looking at where the trends and what everyone's saying is, you know, looking at where we're kind of going 2021 and beyond thinking of how can I find ways to leverage, you know, like, for example, artificial intelligence has been the topic for a couple of years now. How are you as a business going to begin to leverage AR, you know, with like, with your Shopify store, things like that, you know, I think thinking of ways like that to be thinking ahead is really important for your brand. Yeah. From a marketing perspective, I think diversifying and multi-channel marketing um, is the the name of the game yeah um, you know there's major great comp conf- obviously you and Robbie were at one of the most prestigious conferences ecom world you know obviously great conference for business owners and obviously shopanova really awesome that we were got a chance to be a part of that and then you know it's parent company ad world um, two of the biggest leading um, webinars and seminars for the world of marketing. And the message from, you know, the name, the, 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 the pinnacle people like a Gary Vaynerchuk or an Ezra Firestone or a, or a Harvey or Harley Friedelstein from Shopify, yeah. everyone's saying the same thing. Ultimately, you, you don't want to put your eggs in one basket. You know, businesses were able to get on Facebook, make some quick money and then scale their business. That's still a great method, but you should not be thinking of how am i just going to use facebook ultimately yeah. an integrated marketing approach is really what's going to set a brain up for success long term you have to be thinking of using new ch- new new channels i mean obviously tiktok has been one of the 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 biggest money pockets for businesses lately now more than ever you know it's going to keep happening with newer social media platforms you know paid search is not going anywhere google delayed the the um the dismissal of third party cookies until 2023 and i think the reason they did that was to avoid a Facebook type scenario where Facebook just kind of "quote unquote" shit the bed when it came to after the poll mm-hmm. update. I think they were not prepared for it, yeah. and um, so I think it's now arming Google to go find a solution and you know to help potential areas that might drop out because of that. Yeah, um, I think you know that multi-channel marketing approach and diversifying your stack horizontally across. Different ad platforms, different mediums, paid social, paid search. You know, native advertising is so huge right now for so many businesses in the direct to consumer world. Businesses you would never think would run one run native ads or have success there. That's a huge pocket we're exploring for a lot of businesses. Mm. And then thinking of your brand, you have to have every wheel of if your if your brand's a car, you have to have every wheel running, you know, at at the best quality, right? At the highest. Highest, you have to have it working. That's mm-hmm. the whole point. So if your website's subpar, you know, you have to fix that. If you, if you don't have creative, if you're kind of just using stock imagery or if you're, you know, maybe hiring a team that, you know, kind of creating, you know, subpar creative, that's not going to work. You have to have every wheel greased yeah. and um, and you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and you can't be afraid. I think ultimately you can't be afraid right now. um, I think everyone, we obviously work close with other agencies. We're close with a lot of freelancers. We know a lot of people in the industry. And the messaging across the industry right now is everyone is feeling the struggles of being blind to numbers. And like you said, data, 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 I don't know what the proper data, (laughs) data is, is, you know, probably one of the highest commodities in the world of marketing right now, because data-driven research, data-driven decision-making, data-driven analysis of your brand, the, the numbers don't lie. That's it. And so, you know, a lot of businesses don't, unfortunately, don't have the ability um, or maybe don't have a team that they work with who can help with that. I mean, I'm, I'll kind of make a little plug here about Shopanova. We do. And we've yeah. spent, you know, the better part of six to eight months at this point, more than that, God, we're like 10 months at this point now, yeah. planning how we are going to not lose data. And that's where we've been able to kind of, you know, from my perspective, doing this before, you know, for years, you know, I know other people who are who are struggling, both business owners and agencies, and it's because they're blind to data. So yeah. if you don't have a partner like Shopanova, who is going to provide you some sort of advanced tracking, advanced data collection, data storage, you know, um, when it comes to data, just thinking of that as the heart of your business success, yep. then get one. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Uh, you know, it's, Find someone who's going to do it for you. Find a business. Find a platform. Find a find a SaaS company who's going to come in and you can pay for that kind of service. Ultimately, own your data. First yeah. party data is going to become crucial to businesses' success. We learned from uh, from Facebook that obviously, when someone opts out, you can't. You know, we're going to receive limited events from them. Facebook has the aggregated events measurement. They have all these fancy terms. They're trying to collect that data. I personally don't think it's working. But what we do see is that the ability to use customer lists, email lists, things like that, emails and other um, defining um, identifiers, for lack of a better term, yeah. will still be able to be used to, to correlate to someone. So if I opted out and someone had an email list, they could still hypothetically put an ad in front of me because my email was connected to my Facebook. So again, that just shows the power of first-party data. So I think that's, um, that's a, the last kind of big thing is own your data, think of data as if you just had a pile of bitcoin sitting in front of you and you don't want to give it to anyone yeah and people are trying privacy people are trying to take it from you don't let them <laughs> you know it's yep. like or if they if they take it find ways to still get the data and that's what we've done you know especially yeah. in light of the ios updates um which i will be very glad when the day comes we could stop talking about that because i feel like i've been talking about that for Almost a year at this point. I know, I know. it's like <laughs> so, let's move on. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Dang, dude, that's but, uh, a lot of good stuff,
1: man. And that's yeah. it's crazy because people are like, man, I, I used to be able to just go deep in one platform, and that's all I had to learn. But we're seeing that changing so rapidly, and that's what he said. It's, it's important for people at this point to find someone that that understands how to do it and help you navigate it, because if you're a business yep. owner you know, that's just getting your products validated, just starting to get momentum. And then you're like having to learn all these different marketing channels. It can just be super over- overwhelming. Um, I want to hit on a couple things for someone in that place. You know, they're just having their first 10 to $20,000 a month. They're getting a lot of organic sales and they're like, I can't just go. I can't learn TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram. Um, What would you advise that person to do besides hire us? Like what's something tactical they could be doing of like, is there still one place they can go to, to get good results? Or would you, you know, do you focus on building your brand, focus on content or what does that person do?
0: So if you're that, you know, if you're kind of at that spot as in as a business where maybe you're not even ready to make the step with an agency or hire a hire a company, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of little things you can do. Obviously, we live in a world now where you can absorb information at a lightning pace. I mean, you could just go on, you could spend 8 hours of your work day and go on a deep dive on YouTube and learn how to run TikTok ads yeah. and do it really damn well. Yeah. And that's where you look at a lot of these marketing companies, I mean, for example, Slim Jim hires a 18 19-year-old kid to run their social media. Yeah. That's not coincidence yeah. because that kid made time and invested in his own knowledge because he knew he could make money from that and he knew he could he could provide a service to people. Yeah. That's what's happening all across the board. Business owners, freelancers, small little tiny, you know, one-person agencies that are starting things like that. So those, the information is going to be everywhere. So I think if you want to learn it, you can absolutely go learn it. Um, obviously it becomes the point where you have, you know, you consider yourself an expert after you spend 10,000 hours in something, something like that. Right. It's um it takes a lot to get to that point. Um, I think to your point as well, content creation is going to be crucial, even with, even with kind of a flawed strategy. If your strategy is maybe not hundred percent. Maybe you don't have the resources, or the knowledge to know how to optimize your marketing stack. You know, if you have great content and a great visual image in light of, you know, like I think it was what's his name? The An- Andy, what's his name of the CEO of Instagram said that face or Instagram's you know, kind of their focus moving forward is now not going to be so much on photos, but video content. Yeah. Again, thinking your brand, like how can I make my brand fall in line with what these massive organizations and companies are doing that I can get in front of and, yeah. you know, or get on those platforms like that, that's going to leverage your ability to get those organic placements, to, to get on TikTok trends, to get on Instagram's explore feed and Instagram reels, things like that, you know, organic growth like that is really important. Um, and then, you know, one of the easiest things you can do right now that I think a lot of businesses have seen success from is influencer marketing. We are in the yeah. world of influencers yeah. everywhere you go. Micro influencers, mega influencers, right? People are in fact, last night I was laying in bed and I was looking at Michael Phelps on Facebook and he's like a spokesperson for Reese's and a spokesperson for silk, you know, um, almond milk, things like that. And that's a mega, mega influencer, right? That's like the, like, you know, very high level. Not every brand can do that, but there are thousands, if you know, hundreds of thousands of people out there who have the reach of millions of people. And if you can get your products with those people, that is a really easy way to grow. Dude, really easy way.
1: Real quick rabbit trail. Since you said, Michael Phelps, did you see that a 17 year old girl from Alaska won a gold in the Olympics?
0: Yep. I did. I saw that. Alaska's going crazy right now. And I thought, hey, that's Dan and Rob. They're, I bet Alaska's going nuts right now for her. That's so awesome. Yeah, they totally are, a, dude.
1: It's pretty cool.
0: It's um, yeah. I, to be honest, I haven't watched much of the Olympics, but I get, I'm getting the highlights here and there. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't really. But that's watch maybe it I, last night we were. I was looking at. I don't know. It was something, and I clicked on something about Michael Phelps, and you know, or he said something. I think it was something about Simone Biles, and he said something really inspiring about her. And I clicked on him, and then I was thinking, man, this guy's obviously retired. And he has the pull now to be able to. That's why brands are going to people like him who can really get, you know, the image out. Not that Reese's needs to get the image out, but you know what I mean. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> totally. No, that's super awesome. And dude, not even influencers now. There's so many content creators where you can be sending your stuff to and get really thing. awesome yeah. content mm-hmm. for just just trading your product for content. And absolutely, that, we, we always circle we back with some to some this. Recent
0: brands. Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, I was just saying we were always circling back to this that content is still king and it's it's always just how, you, yeah, it will be. And then it can be used on all these different platforms. So, in those smaller businesses, I think that should be a major focus for them is just producing really quality content and making those relationships with these creators.
0: Yeah. And, and content creators are, you know, are the ones who will step into one day being those micro influencers. You know, I mm-hmm. actually have some family members who are really popular on TikTok and uh, who have their own little trends and stuff, some cousins and, and of mine. And That's awesome. ultimately they get approached by brands who are like, hey, look, we we know your reach, right? And we'll we'll give you, you know, free products or what, whatever it is. Yeah. And then they'll reach half a million people, you know, in three days. Yeah. I mean, the price you'd pay for that is like, whoa, it's like, well, we are... At Shop and when we think of what we're doing as a whole marketing stack with all of our services and thinking of that integrated marketing approach, you know, we, we're constantly thinking of influencer marketing for our brands as well, or content creation marketing like that. We have a couple of brands that we've worked with that, you know, are really popular on TikTok organically. One that's actually the leader of like TikTok consumable products. Like they are like the the, the main company on TikTok for consumer. Like I think when you think of consumable products or something, I don't I didn't want to give away too much stuff um regarding their business, but Ultimately, their entire organic strategy is content creation. You know, yeah. how can you show ways of people using the product in their own day-to-day lives? Yeah. And so as a business owner, you got to be thinking, even if you have to invest some money into it, it's probably the safest and best investment you could make for your brand is content. Yeah, 100%.
1: That's awesome, dude. So that's, that gives uh, smaller brands little action steps, right? What about the seven, eight figure brands um, that, that they have the resources, they have the money what's the benefit of them going out, finding an agency that's really versed in all these things, as opposed to trying to bring it all in-house and piece it all together? Uh, Because I know we talk about those two worlds a lot, and there's so many benefits actually to an agency that a lot of people don't even think about.
0: Yeah, I've had this conversation with a lot of of those enterprise-level clients that we, we will work with and talk to, and ultimately what it comes down to is, you know, you can pay a you can pay a chief, you can pay a CMO to come in and run your marketing stack, and they'll probably do it really well. You know, there's no doubt about it. There's, a, there's millions of good marketers out there, right? And you could pay them to do that, or you could or you could pay a team of fifty people to be working on that account and yeah. be working on your business, right? And ultimately, time investment is really important. You know, a lot of people say, "Well, you know, if you're an agency, you have a bunch of other clients, things like that." But really, ultimately, whether it's Shopanova and whatever it is. We are servicing our brands at scale. All all you know agencies are trying to think about how they can grow their brand. So ultimately the perspective is always what can I do for your business to grow you? Right. Yeah. And even if you have a couple of dedicated people, you have an entire team of people that are invested into your brand long term. So it's kind of a obviously in terms of, you know, if you're willing to trust, you know, in the agency to to deliver like that, then they will deliver more than what one person can do. That's just You know, that's just like saying you know if you're if you're gonna put you know one guy on the pitch compared to eleven other football players who are gonna try to take the ball from him right there. It's like you know obviously those eleven guys are probably gonna you know take the ball and do better (laughs) than the one guy, right? Totally. And so it's it's just you know it's it's a little the tables are a little lopsided there. Um, for for a business in that in that seven eight figure realm, I would say that you know you have to have the best people working on your business because at that level you cannot afford to to lose your your momentum your placements in the whatever niche and field you're in you can't afford to put people who don't know what they're doing in those kind of positions so you have to vet agencies who know what they're doing who have people who are dedicated to each type of platform who know how to build brands like that that's what it is it's building brands and so you know for me i always. Look at it is because I was both. I I I built a brand. I built a startup from nothing with a couple of friends of mine and sold it. And wasn't something I ever thought we would do, right? Yeah. And I've done the freelancer stuff as well. I've I've done it all personally. And I have to say, I get the most excitement working with my team of almost twenty media buyers with all of our clients and thinking about. Oh man, this is so exciting! We're talking about all these different brands right now. There's so yeah. much potential here, and there's just this brain pool it's just pool of knowledge. Yeah. And
1: that, that is priceless. It is priceless. And there's that mastermind effect. And you see trends across the board where we're looking at so many different accounts and you say, okay, this is picking up, working over here. Let's implement it for other clients. And you can share results almost in exactly a, in an ethical mm-hmm. way that actually raises all ships. So I really like that dude. Love what you're saying. I'll, uh, I'll add one more thing in there yep. really
0: quick. This is just a little funny thing. We have businesses we work with in both of those, you know, the small, the, the SMBs, the, the, S, the enterprise. And it's it's kind of funny because to your point about sharing ideas and having that, that pit of resources, you know, and trading ideas and seeing what's working here and putting it there. We actually have some brands who say, my competitor, you know, I, I'm competing with, you know, X company and they're a major company. And then all of a sudden X company is like, oh wait, that's who we're working with. So it's almost like we're, we're able to kind of show, how you can get to the level of being a big brand that's your competitor. Well, you actually have the same people working on those and we're going to do what we did for them, for you as well, to grow your business. And they're just a little bit ahead of you, but ultimately they're going to be, you're going to be there one day with a bulletproof strategy with the team who's going to come in and invest the time and resources into doing that. So it's cool to see how, how businesses think long-term like that. Um, And then looking at competitors and, you know, that's what it is. It's just, you know, it's trying to find winning ways. Yep. Totally. It's quite simple, but.
1: And dude, very it's, complex it's not, not all, it's not all doom and gloom right now in the e-commerce world. I mean, even no. today we're talking about how many of our clients are scaling right now. All these, a lot of these new strategies are starting to take hold. All the data collection we're now using is starting to work out really well for some brands. Yep, And we're seeing a lot of people actually begin to up their budget and start scaling While a lot of other people are pulling back. So that's pretty exciting.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I think people pull back out of fear. I mean, obviously it's, it's really hard to see money go out and not see money come back in right away. Yeah. Um, You know, if you, I mean, it's pretty cliche what you got to make money, you got to spend money to make money, you know, and um, these businesses that are, that are trusting the data, trusting our strategy. And putting in the budget, even if Facebook is saying like nothing, because that's what a lot of accounts say right now is nothing. It says blank, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> and totally. uh, with our, with, with not, I mean, it's not even just one thing. It's, you know, all of our MarTech stack about all the technologies we have for our, for our clients, looking at all that. So it down into one easy to understand way to know if we should scale or, you know, stay where we're at. And th- those are the businesses who are, like you said, are the ones that are succeeding right now. Yeah, dude, that's so good. Cool.
1: Wyatt. Well, thanks so much, dude, for hopping on today. I don't want to drag this on too much longer, but guys, if you want Wyatt to personally look through your ad account, uh, give you an audit on what's going on in your marketing, and we can give you a feedback, a roadmap for success. um, We'll drop a link here, but click to apply, fill out a form and he'll go through your account and we'll see how we can help you out. But Wyatt, thanks again, man, for coming on. Hope you guys got some value out of this, some good actionables, and we will see you guys next week.
0: Thank you, Daniel.
1: All right. Later.